Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-death series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Jen. And Tara's not here with us no. this week. She has theater. 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 <laughs> I just like, love that one of our, who was it that was in the Facebook? It's like, what did you say? Theater? I think like, it was Sue. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, is that like literature? Like, yeah, yeah, it's exactly like It's literature. exactly like that. Theater. Except for theater is not as pretentious as no. literature. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is episode 104 of Podcast and Death. Damn. And in this podcast, because it's just me and Jen, mm-hmm. um, and we were going to do this, and we were going to read this book anyway, um, we're going to be reviewing Nora Roberts's latest book, Nightwork. Yes. And um, we both kind of, we didn't, we haven't really talked about it in depth. We haven't really talked about it yet, but... But I think, um, I think it's safe to say we both loved it. Yeah, we both. I loved it. I loved it so much. <laughs> this is probably so, I don't even know when my I've liked one so much. Oh, I know. This one was so good. It's very, very. I said this, I think, in the Facebook group, but I think it's very reminiscent of like late 90s, early 2000s. Nora. It's yeah, a very, lot of people like, have said that. It's very like old school Nora. Yeah. Which that era is my favorite era of hers. Yeah. And it's like, those are some of her best books are in that time. Yeah. Like Birthright, Blue Smoke, Northern Lights, you know, River's End, Honest Illusions. I mean, Homeport. I, you know, and a lot of people have compared this one to both, both Honest Illusions and Homeport. So. Yeah. Um, I think it was, I think it was, I loved Honest Illusions and I really liked Homeport. Um, I don't know that I'd say they're that similar. I think they're just, I think it's just, I don't know. It's just the feel of them. I think. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people have said that like, it's, it's the same type of deal. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, he meets her young and blah, blah, blah. And then. Well, and, and he's a thief. Right. Yeah. And they, I mean, come on. We have a 50 plus book series that we are right. in the middle of a podcast for about a former thief for crying out right. loud. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, um, and it's also, it's the same with, since I'm a big fan of historical romances, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, there's about a million books out there about oh, Duke's. Sure. Yeah, sure. You know, and it's, yeah. they're all pretty much the same. Yeah. Duke has to get married mm-hmm. for some yeah. reason, wants to marry a, you know, a, the proper woman. Oh yeah. And not fall in love for reasons and ends up finding unexpectedly the woman he's in love with, you know, they're Mm -hmm. all the same. And it's, it's, it's the journey, not the destination. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, so yeah, we both loved it so much. Um, I read it. I also got the audiobook for this because I was very curious because I don't think I've ever listened to a Nora anyway, a oh. Nora audiobook that was that was narrated by a guy. So okay. I was yeah, really I heard it was by about, a guy. Yeah. So okay. And how was that? You did that? a really good job. Okay, good. Um it's kind of similar to how you feel about Susan Erickson mm-hmm. in that certain voices you're like, well, 
yeah. the the main female voice. My main problem with that is that she was supposed to have come from I want to North say Carolina. North like Carolina, Capitol. right. Yeah. Um when he did the voice of her father, mm-hmm. he had the exact right accent. Okay. But for her, there was none of that southern oh. accent that you would expect okay so i was like really kind of thrown off by that i really wanted that okay that all that said i don't think he did a bad job no okay you know Good. when dudes do a woman's voice it's probably the same a woman doing a dude's voice it's right. it's a little you know it's, it's and, a little weird yeah and, and it sounded a little bit like you know a dude doing woman yeah a dude doing a woman's voice yeah like like i'm a dude in going how would a how how would a woman in a romance novel sound you know right that kind of thing so um but all in all he did a really spectacular job and i think especially with the male characters and and since this book was written from like a male point of view um he did a super good job with that okay good so um yeah i i so yeah and i couldn't put it down once i once i started reading it could not put it down i know i was up i like probably sunday when did did i tell you i started it sunday night or sunday morning because i wasn't because it rained all day yes um yeah yeah i never put it down until like three o'clock when i finished it in the morning i was like i was on the couch all day i mean i took breaks to pee and make dinner but that's about it Yeah. So I don't think I even showered. I just like came out of my bedroom. I made some breakfast, some coffee. Yeah. I sat down, started reading and just, yep, that was it. Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) And I don't think I've done that with a Nora book in I don't know how long. Years. Years. I think, well, maybe with um, Chronicles of the One because I. Well, okay. All right. Yeah. And see, I, I very much separate her trilogies from her standalones. Yes. But I'm just talking about a Nora book in general that I okay. got and like read like from cover to cover without right. stopping. You right. Know? So. Yeah. And that's um, what I mean though. I just, I feel like with the trilogies, I, I don't know for whatever reason, I like them better usually at least in the last 10 ish years. Mm. Um, but you know, back in the day I loved her singles, but in the last like right, you know, five, ten years, I've just been like, okay, this one's good. It's all right. I liked it. I liked it a lot. There hasn't yeah. been one like this that I've been like, oh my god, this one is so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just really, really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I love the it was kind of funny because you know, with Nora's books, you always you want to talk about the hero the heroine and the hero, and you're like what do I call this guy? Like he's got like 4,000 names in this book. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I thought what would be fun is if we would do with this book is if we did a mini, we review the reviews. We review the reviews. All right. I like that. So yeah, we're doing a mini, a mini order. All right. Let's this do it. One. I love it. Um, and I tried to hit all the main points for the, for this uh, outline. And I stopped because I feel like I don't want to give people the ending. Okay. Yeah. I'm good with that because yeah, it's, you know, we, we don't want to spoil things. I mean, I think we know what the ending is, but yeah. 
how the ending comes together is how the ending so. comes together. Yeah. Which that was fucking fascinating. I was yeah. like, never have I read a Nora like that where she just doesn't do the big epic conclusion. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're always, there's always, I, I kept expecting the bad guy to just show up and, you know, have this big final showdown where he tries to kill the woman and, and, but no, yeah, none of that. that yeah. None of that. He just did it and done. Right. Let's go, let's go, you know, be a fraudulent teacher for the rest of my life. But doing that and having it still be satisfying. Oh, right. I know. Is That's why crazy. I was like, what the, what? What the what, Nora? I love yeah. it. And he didn't just bring down uh, one bad guy. He actually kind no. of brought down two. Yeah. Um, yeah. And which just, is, was yeah. kind of random. She brought, he brought in this other guy at the yeah. end. And yeah, it was kind of random, but. It was kind of random, but it made sense. And um, worked for his character because. I think the story there was the other guy that they brought in as a bad guy that they took down at the end of this book. Yeah. Um, the story was that he had, he had killed somebody. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of people, I think, but yeah, the one was one of the diamonds he had stolen for Laporte was, um, right. he had beaten a woman to death for it. Right. And a lot of this, she tried to give, we're going to call him Booth. Um, yeah. I'm fine with that. You know, uh, he's a thief with a heart of gold, like, like, yeah, Rourke, you know, like Rourke. Yeah. He, um, uh, he was a very moral thief. Right. I liked her description of squishy. It's squishy. Yeah. Morals. Squishy <laughs> morals, which is perfectly fine. But anyway, um, yeah. so let's, let's just get to the outline of this yeah, thing and do it. let people know if you haven't read it already, I don't think any of this is going to spoil it for you. Right. And since we're going right. to kind of like stop before the main ending, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's okay. If you, I don't yeah. think the book's going to be spoiled. And Hey, you know what? If you want to wait until you finish reading it to listen to this episode. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see perfectly fine. Yeah. It's totally cool. We're fine with that. So she we're did this one. She did this one as she's done a lot of them recently where she split them up into three different parts. Yes. You know, um, mm -hmm. so part one is the boy. This is the mm -hmm. first several chapters. Um, and so in this book, we're introduced to nine year old Harry Booth. Um, he's living with his single mother, Dana, and his aunt Mags. Dana and Mags have a cleaning business, the Sparkle Sisters, and Harry helps them clean houses. And I put a little note here that says, um, because Harry changed his name so much in this book for the purposes of being clear on who we're talking about throughout this discussion, from this point, Harry will be called Booth. Yep, so, that's fine. Yeah. Because that's basically what they call him most of the time throughout the book. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and he uses Booth in, you know, he's either Booth Harrison or he's, you know, right. Sebastian yep. Booth or, you know. So he uses Booth in, you know. Yeah. So, um. Booth's mother is diagnosed with cancer, and as she's getting more sick, she's less able to work, and the bills are piling up. Aunt Mags has had taught Booth how to pick pockets since she was, uh, it was a skill she learned from her time as a carny. So Booth starts picking pockets in order to get money to pay the bills. 
-hmm. Eventually, he also taught himself how to pick locks and to disarm home security systems. This is a pretty smart kid, apparently. Yeah. So somebody in one of the reviews said, I was just making this guy out to be an American Rourke, which... I mean, pretty okay. much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I, I had that thought more than once. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this, this guy's very close to work. I mean, not yes. all the changing, you no. know, all the, you know, all the. But we don't know. We don't we know, did, actually, because we right, don't know true. what we haven't really gotten. We know Rourke stole stuff, but. Right. As right. Rourke all the time. I don't know. Did he yeah, have disguises? Yeah, no, but I mean, he, he didn't, didn't like entrench himself and make a whole new life under a different name. Right. Yes. Yeah. Place. And that's the difference. Right. Yeah, you're right. Um, so when he was 12, Booth execu- executed his first breaking and entering. A friend of one of his mother's house cleaning clients mentioned while they were there cleaning, you know, the house for her friend mentioned her husband had collected rare stamps and Booth decided to break in while they were away on vacation and take a couple of the stamps. But in the middle of this B and E, he realizes that the couple's son had decided to use the house, the empty house to party in. Uh, (laughs) Booth managed to sneak out without the son catching him, but not before Booth gets his first sex ed lesson. And that's actually kind of a very, um, apparently a very controversial part of this book. Really? I, I thought it was a little uncomfortable. But it was like, a little uncomfortable. But I'm, I don't think it's controversial. I mean, he's a 12 year old boy. Of course, right. he's going to watch. I mean, that's come on. Really? Well, I don't think the watching part is the oh, oh, part that's controversial. The other thing? It's the other thing. It's the part that. Yeah. Is, okay. Which, again, uncomfortable, but. I mean, possible. I don't think we're giving any, anything away by telling the listeners that he kind of has his first. Yeah. He blows his wad. Yeah. Yeah. So the the son, yeah, comes in with his girlfriend and they're doing it on the kitchen floor in front of in front of Booth. And yeah. Um again, not surprising. You're it's a 12-year-old boy, so uh, you know. But when once we get to our mini order, we'll discuss that further. Yeah, because I feel like yeah. Purity culture, here it comes. I'm not surprised. (laughs) Okay. Um, Mags soon finds out about Booth's extracurricular activities, but decides not to say anything to her sister because the bills were being paid. And Booth promised her that he wasn't physically harming himself or others. Booth's mother finally dies from cancer just before Booth is about to enter his first year in college. After that, Booth and Mags decide to go their separate ways, but vow to meet up again once a year. So we should probably stop. Huh? <laughs> they pinky swear, which is so they cute. Swear, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I love that. I don't know why. I thought <laughs> I just found that so sweet. Yeah, that they made that pact and they pinky swore over it. Yeah. Um, but we should stop here and say that before you started the the book, I mm-hmm. sent a message to you and I said those fucking first three chapters. My God, fuck you, yeah. Nora. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> because bawling uh, my eyes out. Yes. Through half of it. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Everything was wrong. So much emotion out of that first. Yeah. Those first three chapters were, they were just heartbreaking. Yeah. And because oh, his mom was so great. Yeah. And she tried so hard and oh, just, oh, yeah. And then like the whole thing, like everything with Mags and him. And yeah, 
it's just God. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned that, um, that, that scene when he's, uh, he, when he's, um, his last day of high school, he takes mm-hmm. Mags and his mom to a Cubs game. To, to a Cubs game. Yeah. Which I yeah. loved. I thought that was beautiful. And I love that they, you know, what they did after that, I thought was so sweet too. I'm like, oh, I yeah. kind of want, I kind of want somebody to do that for me at, at Comerica Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they, they took his mom's ashes and spread yeah, some of them they on. spread them on. They broke into Wrigley Field and spread his mom's ashes on the, what, behind, behind, behind home plate? Or yeah. they let them, they let them fly? Yeah. So, yeah. It is very sweet. So sweet. Um, do not, please do not do that at Disneyland. Spread some of these ashes that people have tried that. And especially, I mean, Caitlin has said um, there's more than once that they've had to shut down like Pirates of the Caribbean and drain oh. the entire thing and clean it because it's a, it's a considered to be a hazardous waste. Right. And yeah. if any hazardous waste gets into the, the uh, water system on Pirates of the Caribbean, they have to drain the entire thing. Oh my gosh. And, and clean it. So please don't do that. With yeah, your... don't do that. That's not cool. Okay. You know, but. Yeah. but no, I love that. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was great. Yeah, it was really. I'll get to it... my other thing about baseball later. Okay. Because that happens later. Right. Um, <laughs> but also, he, so they go their separate ways. And, and the book shows Harry driving. He's kind of, he has kind of a destination in mind, but he's wanting to kind of see some of the country. Mm-hmm. He's on his way to the ocean because his mom has always wanted to see the ocean and they never got there. Right. And he's kind of meandering and seeing, you know, the Smoky Mountains. And mm-hmm. I think he dumped some of her ashes there. He did. Yep. And um, he finally got to the, to the beach. Mm-hmm. and um dumps some rashes there mm-hmm. but the whole thing where he was at the beach and he was sitting on the beach like for hours and hours like t- yeah. thinking about his mom and finally a police officer comes yeah. up and says we've had complaints that you're loitering and he has to tell the police officer why he's there and it's just yeah that's the it was just it killed me those first yeah. several chapters just yeah yep that one was rough too. i was dead yeah. <laughs> Like, fuck you, so, Nora. Fuck you, Nora. Fuck you, Nora. <laughs> at you. That should be the name of the uh, of episode, this episode, but I can't. Fuck you, Nora. <laughs> fuck you, Nora. <laughs> fuck you, Nora, but we still love you. We mean that uh, with love. We do mean that with love. You just broke us. It was, yeah. The, it, the you writing broke us, Nora. There, well, the writing there was superb. Oh, superb. I mean, the writing this whole book was superb, in my mm-hmm. opinion, but. Yeah, you know. indeed. So yeah, Booth does a bit of traveling and eventually ends up in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. He inter- introduces himself as Silas Harrison and falls into a decent crowd of people and has a friends with benefits relationship with a woman named Dauphine. Uh, she teaches him French and later he would also learn Italian and several several other languages. Which again is very Rourke like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had Rourke speaking just like Italian. Start, yeah, just randomly start speaking Italian and right. French. And people mm-hmm. go like, how does he even know like Italian? Like, how does he 
Well, okay. He's a, well, not even just the thief thing, but he's an international businessman. That would be right. part of his job to learn stuff like that. Yeah. At least conversational. Right. Italian like, and that's what he says. He's like, I know enough to carry on a basic conversation. I, it's not like I'm fluent. I just. Right. Yeah. But there are people, you know, it's so funny. Cause like, um, there, I feel like in, in the United States and sorry if I'm generalizing, but we tend to be like very, uh, we only need English. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. And we only, we only study enough (laughs) like French or Spanish or German or whatever in high Mm -hmm. school to get that diploma. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, people in Europe, I feel are more bilingual. A lot of them are trilingual. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. They know four or five languages or more, you know, and it's common, you know, being in a lot of different fandoms online, you know, I've, I've met a lot of people from different places in the world and 90% of them, like, I mean, I know people from Russia and, you know, Croatia and Korea, China, right. Japan, they all speak English. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them, you know, along with their native language, along with their na- native language. And a yeah. lot of them speak other languages. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're the only, con- I think we're seriously, yeah, Americans are just like, oh, oh English. Oh. But English is a dumb language, people. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I mean, but we should all be glad that we learn it natively because apparently yeah. it's really oh, difficult we, to it's learn. It's really hard to learn. That's what kills me. It's like these people that are native English or native speakers of another language, if they can learn English, we can learn another language because they're all a lot easier to learn than yeah. English is. Yeah. So y'all need to fuck off. <laughs> but I, all of this just to say that it is possible for somebody to be like oh, Harry yeah. or like Rourke and speak several different languages. Especially somebody like him who, I mean, it's mentioned several times he's got an eidetic memory and, you know, he right. just absorbs And stuff. I feel like that's how it is with Rourke too. I think so too. Yeah. Yep. And even without formal education, you know, you pick things up and you learn things and you, you know. Right. Why not? If you really want to know them, if you want to know them, you're going to learn them. And if I mean, you're not working several times, work taught himself how to read. Right. So, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't see why that would be. It would be harder for me if I, you know, working in nine to five job five days a week and, you know, mm-hmm. on the weekends, I have to get all my other stuff done to like want to really immerse myself in a language. <laughs> right. But um, if you're somebody like that who. Yeah. I mean, your job is learning languages, even though your job is being a thief and that's not okay, but it right. it's really is part of the job. Then you do it, you know? Yeah, that's absolutely. Part of it. Yeah. That's you part know, of it. Yeah. You, you make the time to do that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he said too, that it inter- it's interesting to him. He likes learning languages. Right. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like that. They're like, oh, I love languages. They're fun. To, they're fun to do. They're fun. To, I mean, like I've told you guys before, my dad is on Duolingo all the time. He's on Danish now, mm. which I'm like. All right. Cool. Why don't you finish Wait. learning one language and then? <laughs> well, he's almost done with Dutch. He's almost completely to the end of the, the Dutch lessons. And then he was doing Swedish. And then he was at German for a while. And now I think he's into the. Can he speak them? He can Dutch. Okay. I mean, he's not like, oh, you like fluent because he can't have a conversation with anybody around here. None of us speak Dutch. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. it's like, he can that, rattle that's... off a phrase and we're all like, cool, dad. Yeah, that makes it <laughs> harder. Yeah, that makes it much harder, you know. But, <laughs> right. Uh, I feel like yeah. everybody I've talked to that 
knows a language, a second language fluently, it's because they have like been immersed in that language. Right. And, you know, they've spent time in that country or they've, you know, gone to a school that's like a Spanish immersion school or something like that, where they're around people that are only speaking that language. Right. So, you know, and that makes sense. Complete sense. Okay. So, um, after a couple years in New Orleans, Dolphine's cousin, uh, Jacques Xavier, Mm -hmm. introduces Booth, now Silas Booth. Um, to a man named Sebastian Pico. Sebastian agreed to do a B&E mm-hmm. job for a man named Carter Laporte, but then sprained his ankle and could no longer do the job. And he asks Booth to partner with him on the job, and Booth agrees. So, um, so they do the job. Booth steals, I can't remember what it was that he was stealing on that particular job. But he gets the thing. Oh, it's a painting. It was a painting. Yeah, it was a painting. Um, and he gets the painting and they're delivering it to um Carter Laporte. And um I have a little snippet of a conversation here. Uh Booth says to Sebastian, You're afraid of him, speaking of Carter Laporte. And Sebastian um says, you know, I'm a man of sense. I have I f- have fear of him be a man of sense i tell myself this is yeah (laughs) i can't do a cajun accent so Um, right yeah no me either i tell myself this is the last job i do for him and um booth says don't ever say it's the last job on anything hard rule number one that's when it all (laughs) goes to shit and you get caught and sebastian says you have rules and and he says yeah don't get greedy don't ever say this is the last job. Don't even pretend to have a gun. Don't steal from somebody who needs it more than you do. Run when you have to and keep a go bag ready so you can't. Those are Booth's rules for being a thief. They they sound very similar to what Rourke would have. Oh, yeah. Saying. Except for the part about don't even pretend to have a gun because Rourke doesn't give a fuck. He has a gun. Yeah. Well, no, he always said that. But didn't he say that you don't, he never carried when he was, when he was breaking and entering? I remember that from one of the books. It's because possible. he said you get it, you get extra on your time if you get caught. So yeah, he's possible. like, I never, he's like, I never carried when I, yeah. when I was breaking and entering. That right. was stupid. That'd be, that'd be dumb. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah, he arms himself like a fucking. And I believe this dis- the statistics show that um, people that own guns are like 25% more likely to be killed with that gun that you own. Yeah, I'm not surprised by so. that. It hasn't happened to Rourke yet, but, you know. Well. Let's hope it never does. Rourke's a genius. He would yeah. never do anything that dumb. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's a dick, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so. That conversation happens because after the job is done, Laporte wants to meet Booth. Um, Booth was not supposed to go to see Laporte, but he went right. anyway because Laporte wanted to see him. Uh, Laporte is impressed with Booth's skill. At the meeting, Laporte sends Sebastian away, then offers Booth a bigger cut of the fee. Uh, Booth refuses, preferring to stick to the deal he and Sebastian had made, and this pisses Laporte off. He tells Booth, one day you'll regret not taking a bigger cut. This guy. 
Yeah. You know, he's very, okay. What I will say as far as this book and like kind of cookie cutter Nora, this guy right. is very much her standard scary, cold hearted villain. Like as right. far as like her, the type that goes after people like this, like I'm like, I'm thinking of like, um, like honest illusions and, mm-hmm. um, what's oh the reef. Right. And, um, you know, Nell's husband and, um, her ex-husband. Yeah. And yeah. yeah and three sisters. And yeah, uh-huh. he's yeah. very, very much that type. Right. So that's like, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just like, oh yeah, well, it's, and it's this guy again. In terms of, <laughs> yeah. And in terms of in death, he's uh, Max Ricker. Right. Yes. Yep. Exactly. So you know, like, oh, this guy again, but yeah. Who I mean, basically is like, you've done this job for me and now I own you. Right. Yeah. And you exactly. do the next job for me or else I kill somebody that you care yeah. about, you know? Right. Yeah. Or some other thing like that. So that's, yeah. that's what Carter Laporte is. Yeah. So yeah, it just, it just kind of makes me laugh. I'm just like, oh, this guy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like this type gives me the, just gives me the, the heebie-jeebies more than any of yes. the Yes. Yes. I don't know what it is because, you know, she's got some crazy fucking villains in some of her books. But damn. <laughs> um, okay, so later on, Booth decides that it's time to move on. But not before he brings his Aunt Mags to New Orleans to celebrate Mardi Gras. Mags meets Sebastian and a little romance sparks between them, which I was not surprised about. As soon as we met Sebastian, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the guy that the aunt. This is going to be the guy. Yep. Yeah. Um. When Mardi Gras is over, Mags leaves and Booth decides to head over to Texas and attend Texas A&M for a few years. When he decides it's time to move on from there, he forges transfer papers in the name of Booth Harrison and travels up to North Carolina. In Chapel Hill, he signs up for the University of NC as a senior lit major with double minors in theater and romance languages. He also signs up for the Shakespeare Club. Um, he meets R.J. Doyle and Zed Warren in his lit class, and they become friends. Also attending the lit class is Miranda Emerson, who happens to be the lit professor's daughter. And Booth is instantly in love. So this is an insta-love. Yes, but, love at first sight. But during all of this, Booth is continuing his night work, quote-unquote. Of course, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, in North Carolina. So now we move on to part two, which is called The Thief. So Booth is instantly in love with Miranda Emerson, but he's trying his best to avoid, you know, quote unquote, the redhead who he's calling her in his mind. Um, but RJ and Zed insist he goes to the Shakespeare Club meeting at, the, at Professor Emerson's house and Booth is forced to interact with Miranda and then kind of falls even more in love. Of course. Um, Next day, but, you know, is trying, still trying to avoid her, and she's, like, intrigued, obviously. Well, yeah. So the next day, Miranda asks Booth out for coffee. Booth does not drink coffee. His That's so, it, yeah, the whole thing was, like, I'm like, this is very, like, like, what the hell? I, like, no, this is not okay, dude. But anyway. What, that he just drinks Coke? Yeah. Like you A drink, lot of like, people just drink Coke. So, it's weird. 
It is weird. I know my mom's the same way. I just, I, it's weird. <laughs> um, despite Booth's reluctance to get involved with her, he, he goes anyway to coffee and eventually asking her to his home so that he can cook dinner for her. Um, a man, uh, uh, Miranda's father, professor Ben Emerson is not so sure about Booth because she's telling him all these crazy things that Booth's telling her. Right. You know, like he knows all these languages and all this kind of stuff. So he decides he's going to like give him a little quiz. Like, let's see yeah, if like, he's actually. Yeah, can you translate this for me? Yeah. He gives yeah. Booth a thing to translate. It's something that's written in Italian mm-hmm. and asks to see if uh, Booth can translate it. And of course he can. Right. So he sees that at least that part of Booth's story holds up and he invites Booth to dinner at their house. Um. Later, he tells Miranda that he approves of Booth. After several dates, Booth and Miranda spend a weekend together at Booth's house. And it's like one blissful weekend that they're both like, you know, there's something there's something here. Yep. Between us. Very next evening, uh, Carter Laporte barges into Booth's house and threatens to expose him unless Booth steals a small, exquisite bronze, a female figure, some titled simply Belladonna. When the threat of exposure doesn't work, Laporte threatens Aunt Mags. Laporte has already had Aunt Mags's home broken into and threatens to do worse. Uh, that works, and Booth hightails it out of North Carolina, making up some bullshit excuse to Miranda and then ghosting her. Which so is not okay, dude. No, not okay, dude. Yeah. I mean, I but, get why but, uh, he did it. He was young and dumb, yes. but... <sighs> Just terrible. Um, I was sorry. I cheered when she punches him later. <laughs> yeah, I was like you yeah, totally deserve terrible. that, man. <laughs> so Booth um, decides to go ahead and steal the statue for Laporte because he doesn't feel like he's got any other choice. Right. Uh, then he heads down to New Orleans to talk to Sebastian, and he and Sebastian come up with a plan that, or he tells Sebastian that he's going to move to Europe, and Sebastian kind of giving him some pointers on how to do that successfully and not be and kind of like, you know, hide from Laporte. Right. So, um, Booth spends several years traveling all around Europe, but, uh, Mags, he still meets with Mags no matter where he is. He brings her to him at, every year. And sometimes it's Mags and Sebastian because, They've got a little romance going. Of course. (laughs) Um, So it's it's like a different place every year. Yeah. Uh, Booth continues his night work, building a reputation in Europe as someone who the press is named the chameleon. (laughs) Uh, Because he uses all these Did you get a cool nickname? Yeah. He He doesn't need one. He's just Rourke. He's just Rourke. He's fine. At some point, Booth is walking back to his apartment in Paris. Um, and spots Laporte walking into his apartment building and says, oh, shit, he's found me. So the only thing you can think is to leave Europe and go back to the United States. Because uh, Laporte's going to be looking for him in Europe. Right. So um, he Booth leaves Europe that day, taking a plane to New York City, where he spends the next several months. 
next, Mardi Gras comes along and Booth surprises Max and Sebastian in New Orleans. He tells them about this plan he has to hide by becoming a high school teacher in a small in the small town of West Bend, Virginia. They talk about how Miranda is now an author who wrote a book with a character that they are sure is patterned after Booth. And uh, (laughs) here's a quote here from the book. Booth says, publish or perish by Miranda Emerson. Yeah, I read it. It's good. Really good. No surprise. And yeah, I recognize myself in the opportunistic prick and second victim. I deserve my untimely and brutal death. I mean, so at least, you know, I mean, this, this is one of the redeeming characteristics for Booth. I mean, he does understand who he he is and he, he gets it. He he understands that he's done crappy things Yeah, for good reasons, but you know, he's done shitty things and yeah, he totally gets it. So, um, so naming himself Sebastian Booth, Booth gets a job as an English teacher drama coach he buys a house and and becomes part of the community in um, west bend virginia everything is great for him for a couple of years until while at a party his real estate agent introduces him to the woman who has rented a house nearby author miranda emerson and it's a oh shit moment for both of them yeah so he finds an excuse to leave that party real quick. Oh yeah. And um, not long after Miranda shows up at his door before he can say anything, she punches him in the gut and threatens to expose him saying he's a prick and all kinds of other things. Oh yeah. Lots of things. <laughs> she says all the things. Yeah. So that was one of your favorite parts. Oh yeah. I love that. Like she deserved it or he deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> you need to punch him in the gut, my dude. She, you're lucky she didn't punch him in the throat. Or in the balls. Or in the balls, yeah. Yeah. Deserve that, too. He, he did deserve that. Yeah. I mean, you can understand. I mean, you, you're supposed to, anyway, understand yeah. his viewpoint, his kind of point of view. No, like, we get it. it. But yeah. he still literally walked out on her after having sex with her and was like, yeah, we're, you know, it was a fling. We're fine. Bye. Like dick. Yeah, get over me. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he told he told her a story about how you know something happened to his aunt and he had to go and take care of her and you know she just needs to get over him. You know, it's over. Whatever. And uh, yeah, she apparently has not. Well, I think she was over him. She was just pissed. Yeah, and like not. I mean, not necessarily completely over him, but she she was over the whole like how what he did. Just it she was just pissed and surprised right. to see him and yeah. was like fucking dick you're but not yeah. quite over him if you're using him you know if you're killing him in one of your books that's true good you know, point but it's i mean maybe I, that's guess, I, don't know. I guess it, she was kind of to the point of shitty asshole x right that, yeah do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i think fondly of some of my exes from time to time and then i'm like oh uh, no because he did that yeah yeah Yeah. so no absolutely um so she goes off on him accusing him of lying to her about everything which he agrees with he did um 
But then she makes the mistake of accusing him of making up the fact that his mother died of cancer and he loses his temper telling her that the story of his mother is the absolute truth and how dare she. Yeah, which um, I liked. Yeah, you know, that's one thing that he's very like don't don't you ever. Right. Talk yeah. about my mother. You know. Like and that. he does go on to say like how would you fucking know about my life because, you know, you yeah. you had this not necessarily idyllic life because her mother walked out on her and her yeah. father, but it was like more of a thing where they were fine with it. Not, you know, I mean, yeah, they they made a, a good life still. Yeah. And without, they had money and they had enough money and Which, she had everything she wanted. You know, I love, you know, rich people like to say money isn't everything, but it sure makes things a hell of a lot easier. Right. Just saying. Yeah. You know. So, um, so when she pushes him for more of the truth, he basically tells her everything about his life of crime and about Laporte. Um, she doesn't believe him at first, but he manages to convince her he's telling the truth. Uh, but she's still not sure whether or not she wants to expose him because regardless of everything that happened, he's still a liar and he's there on false pretenses, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so later on, we see Miranda is working on our next book and decides to pattern her, her, one of her characters, I, I put a main character, but I think, I don't think it's the main character, but one of her characters after Booth, right. she goes over I think to it his, is the main character. Okay. Um, she goes over to his house and makes a deal with him. She won't expose him until the end of the school year. As long as a, he does no night work until then. And B he tells her all about his night work as research for her book. And he reluctantly agrees. One of his stipulations is that she not use his mother's story in right. any part of the book. Right. Yeah. That that not be the character's backstory or, or right. anything close to that. Right. You know, and she does sit there and go like, okay, well, now I'm feeling a little better about him because his first thought was for his mother's memory. Yeah. I think he said something about his aunt too. Like he, she couldn't put any of that in there. Right. Either. Yeah. 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 So, um, so now we move on to part three, which is called the red goddess. Okay. Can I just say something here? Sure. <laughs> Way back in the beginning of the, not the beginning of the book, but when he's in new Orleans the first time. Yes. When, um, when Dauphine right, reads his cards before mm -hmm. he leaves, there's a whole thing about the Red Goddess and how it would bring him redemption or whatever. That's right. never brought up at the end of the book. Yeah. Like when As a matter of fact, I had forgotten about that until you just now said that. I was like, I was waiting for him to be like, you know, oh yeah, she said that way back she when. Knew. She knew. Or for her to say... When they see her, when they go to New Orleans, you know, yeah. like, oh, remember I when told I read you. the card that one time? I told you. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it never gets brought up again. Yeah. Like, I mean, to I, be fair to Nora, this this whole book, I mean, everything that goes on, it's very intricate. It and is. It's very intricate and it's very, um, it's very compact. Like, there's not a lot of filler in this one. Um, so... Yeah, so then part three is called The Red Goddess. And it shows Booth and Miranda working together for several weeks. Um, she's not just asking about his night work, but she's also getting cooking tips from him because she's decided that her character is a chef. 
who also right. is a bur- is a you know is a thief at night. Yes. So she's getting cooking tips from him because he cooks and he cleans. He, there, yes. There's you know they're always talking about his place is always spotless. Right. Well, I mean, he grew up in a cleaning business. I get that. Yeah, it made perfect sense. It's ingrained. Yeah. Yeah. And um, also, you know, the cooking thing. Yeah, he learned that when he was in New Orleans. So, well, you got to cook for yourself. And kind of when he was growing up, too. Yeah, you got to cook for yourself. You got to cook for your mom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. But um, yeah. Um, But she's talking about like he even makes his own bread. Oh, yeah. And all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. So Booth is working with his drama club on a production of Bye Bye Birdie. And Miranda's getting ready for a big book signing at the local bookstore. On the day of the signing, TV news crews show up and Booth tries his best to stay away from the cameras. But Booth's attempt to stay away from the cameras failed. And one evening after his rehearsals, Laporte shows up. Laporte wants Booth to think he had known exactly where Booth was this whole time, but Booth thinks he's bluffing. And Booth hoped that means that Laporte isn't as sharp as he once was. Um, Laporte wants Booth to steal a rare red diamond for him that he that is called the Red Goddess. Laporte tells Booth that he bid on the diamond in a blind auction, but was outbid. Um, so this is all happening at Booth's house. Laporte is is taking Booth to his house and they're talking in Booth's house. Um, so yeah, so Laporte bid on the diamond in a blind auction, but was outbid. Uh, since all bidders in a silent auction are anonymous, Booth wants to know how Laporte knows who has the diamond. And Laporte tells Booth that the seller met with an unfortunate accident and his death convinced the auctioneer to give up the name of the winning bidder. Um, but Laporte's all buried. Like I do him, you know, unfortunate accident. Like that happened. Yeah, I don't and, kill. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off, dude. Um, Laporte agrees to pay Booth five million dollars for stealing the diamond. After Laporte leaves, Booth immediately goes to Miranda's house and tells her everything about Laporte, what happened. But he also tells her that he has secretly he has security cameras in his house. And that he had turned them on and everything he and Laporte said, including Laporte admitting to murder, was recorded. She asks him if he's going to go through with stealing the goddess. And he says yes, but not quite in the way Laporte expects. And this is the quote from Booth. I'm not going to steal her for him, Miranda. I'm going to steal her. Then I'm going to use her to make him pay. I bought the time I need to figure it out, just how to do it. And I'll figure it out. He's not my client this time. He's the goddamn Mark. Yeah. And, and that's where we're going to end this. That's um, a great end it, way, place to end it. And yeah. And I'm sure if you read Nora Roberts at all, you know it all turns out all right in the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we'll there tell you that. <laughs> the bad guy gets his comeuppance. Yes. And it's, you know, it's fascinating the way she did it this time. Right. So that's all I'll say. But uh, I will say that one of my favorite parts without giving anything away of mm-hmm. um, how he does it is mm-hmm. that part of part of it is 
he poses as an interior designer. Oh God, I love that. <laughs> as a French interior designer and has Miranda play his assistant. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the funniest thing because he goes into the house and first of all, he's already told her like, um, he did this same thing a couple of times in Europe right? and um, that he actually did yeah. the he, work as interior designer. Like he actually right. did it. Yeah. You know, what he would do is he would, he would find somebody close to the house he wanted to rob and right. do their interior design. While he's doing that, he would, yeah. you know, rob the other place. Rob and then, the neighbor. Yeah. <clears throat> right. And then as I think it's Duarte or something. Yeah. Um, act very shocked like oh my god you know but they go into this house and he's like casing the joint but also he's telling the the customer like i need to see every everything so i get a feel of the whole house and and all of that he's supposed to be french so he's you know big french accent and then every once in a while he she's like he snaps out some orders in french to miranda and she's like oh oh what she's trying to write down like she was she's like she's actually his assistant like he's right but he's saying things like you know what you know about the interior like design. New, she's, yeah, yeah and she's trying to write it down and everything. And then at the end, he asked her what he what he told her, and she's like, "Oh, I don't know." <laughs> He's like, "It's okay, I remember." Yeah, it's just it's great. And, and and then he says, "Like, oh yeah, you know something about the design job." And she's like, "What? You're actually oh. gonna go through with that?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, that's the whole. That's the part of the whole. That's the whole point. That's the whole. Yeah." You know, so oh, she, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And it gives you a good insight into why um, they called him the chameleon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was fantastic. Right. And, you know, and can we just just quickly before we get to the reviews? I mean, let's just talk real quick about the secondary characters in this book because mm -hmm. they're fantastic. Yes, they are fantastic. And I was so worried that something was going to happen to one of them at some point. Oh, yeah. Because that always used to happen in Nora's books. Like when somebody you get to like and they're like dead all of a sudden and you're yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't happen in this book. That no, was it good. Didn't. So I was I was very happy about that. But yeah, I mean, they are fantastic. Sebastian and Mags and Daphne and, you know, even like their friends at college. And yeah, you know, all of them. They're, it's just Miranda's. Was it yeah. her, her, her godmother? Her godmother, her dad. I mean, yeah. yeah her dad. Yeah. They're all so good. And so, yeah, that's, and yeah, you know, we've talked about that before. How The dogs, Sebastian's dogs. Yes. Yep. Sebastian's dogs. Yes. <laughs> that second one had to be a pug. It had to be. Oh, yeah. It had to be a pug. Eyes. And I'm like, oh, I want it. So I love bad. pugs. I love pugs too. I love pugs and I love corgis. Yeah. My mom makes fun of me whenever I take her to the store. She makes fun of me because I'll see somebody walking a corgi because we've got a ton of corgis around here for some yeah. reason. And I'm like, oh, I want corgi so bad. She's like, they are the dumbest looking dogs. I'm like, no, they're not. They're so cute. <laughs> they have little fat bodies and a little stubby legs. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're so cute. She's like, I mean, they are the dumbest looking dogs ever. I'm like, no, I want one. And my brother and I were looking him up because he was talking because he he's been trying to convince Shelly to get a dog. Right. And she doesn't want a big dog, which I get. Yeah. Because, you know. Finn is a pain in the ass. Yeah. And with the, with the boys, I mean, he's a pain in the ass with the boys because he's right. so big. He's bigger than both of them. Yeah. And so she wants a littler dog if they get a dog. And so I'm like, you should get a corgi. <laughs> so he was looking up corgi mixes and he found a lab corgi mix. And it is the cutest fucking yeah. dog. 
got the shoe. It's got the lab body, but the cord. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate that dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Anyway, yeah, I have a fondness for small dog. I mean, we didn't get small dogs this time, but um. The yeah, dogs we had I, before that were, I mean, I just love them It depends on the dog itself, generally. There's certain yeah. breeds that I generally, I'm not a fan of. Like, I'm not a fan of Shih Tzus. I'm well, not yeah, a fan of Yorkies. My dogs but before that were um, Shih Tzu Pomeranian mixes. And okay. they were fantastic dogs. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, like I said, it depends on the dog itself. Like, my neighbor has a, has a Yorkie, and he is the cutest little shit. Mm-hmm. He'll come looking out the door and he'll come running up on my deck and he'll look in my door like where's yeah. Tim? can you come out and play <laughs> and i'm like all right tango yeah. you can go i'll let finn out to play with you <laughs> there's a there's a woman on tiktok who is uh who is actually a romance writer and um she has a lot of her tiktok has to do with two of her dogs she has several dogs but two are fan favorites um one is like a a pointer mix. It's a okay. chocolate all brown pointer mix. Oh yeah, um, pointers are beautiful dogs. Um, called Tess, <laughs> and um, one is a Yorkie that okay. they named uh, Stuntman Mike. Stuntman Mike, I like it. And he he constantly has his tongue hanging out. And she, she, one of the favorite things that she does is she reads them their mean tweets. When, oh God, when she does that. videos about them, people comment. Oh my God. And you know, it's some of the, some of the things that they've said. So You're going to have to send that to me so I can yeah. follow it. Cause you know, I love that yeah. kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. More animals on TikTok to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So. Anyway, getting back to this book. Yes. Yeah. Her, all of her characters are fantastic. And, uh, I mean, just a great book overall. Just fantastic. I, I really, really, really liked it. Yeah. I loved it. Thought it was great. Yeah. So, um, you had posted it in Facebook. Um, mm, yeah. And got a ton of responses i was i did really yeah do you want to do those first or you want to do the reviews um let's do those first okay let me get to them should Come i on. read my instas first yeah go ahead i'm trying to find it here there we go um but go ahead go ahead with well the girl says i liked it but not one of my or but not one of my faves two thoughts anybody else thought it was strange that miranda was taking her father's class I hope she was auditing it because there's no way Professor Emerson could be seen as grading her fairly. But no, it seems, bullshit. but it seems All weird right. for her to <laughs> take her dad's class too. I love the portrayal of Bluto. That's Sebastian's dog. Yeah, Sebastian's it made me dog. laugh. And I've known dogs with that kind of attitude. He would be kind of a scary dog to be around, but just love that Nora didn't go with an easygoing, smiley dog. Death stare dogs need love too. Very true. I agree with that. And but can I just say though that I, I've known I worked in academia for many years, and I've known several college professors that have had their children in class, and it's not a problem. I don't see how you could avoid that. You can't. Yeah. If your child but, goes to the school that you're teaching at, 
if they want anything to do with your major, you're probably going to have them in class. It is right. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, we just have to trust that he was very uh, I'm sure honest he was. I think in he his was. grading. And yeah. he, you know, more than likely, he was grading her more harshly because probably. I can tell you right now, mm-hmm. my dad was a math teacher in yeah. a high school math teacher. He was harder on us when helping us with our math homework than he would have been on any of his students. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And in high school, yeah, I was going to say in high schools, it's much more prevalent to have students, you know, mm-hmm. that are kids of the teachers. And yeah. Yeah. 90% of the time, they are much harder on their kids than they yeah. are on anybody else. So, um, Jackie Lemon just uh, said, just finished it and I loved it. It'll be on my reread list. I love Nora's books that are told from the male point of view. The Chesapeake Bay series is another one mm-hmm. of my favorites. Agreed. It's mm-hmm. not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but it caught me up in the adventure. So, I agree. Yeah, I got 100%. nothing... Okay, so that's nothing to argue on. about there because that's a that's great. Yeah. All right, so we said I okay. So this is the the post. It says we're missing Tara Corkery this week. Yeah, you know, <laughs> AJ and I are going to are on our own, and we thought it would be fun to discuss Nora's newest standalone network. I'm not quite finished, but I'm really loving this one. What do you guys think? So Sue says. Well, you just bumped that up on my next my to be read list. <laughs> yes, is theater pronounced like you say literature? Yeah, it's theater. <laughs> Book Dragon says, "Have it in my t- my TBR. I might try to read it before next Saturday. Depends on my mood." Angie says, "I really liked it. I wasn't sure I would I would based on the synopsis, but it was really good." Rosalia says, I guess I need to buy it and read it now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a lot of those. Yeah. (laughs) Janet O'Brien really enjoyed it. Such amazing characters. Dawn says, I'm on the fence. I liked it, but wouldn't put it in my top 10. Okay. I'll re-listen to it tomorrow. Okay, fair enough. And then I, okay, and yeah, I didn't talk about this. I tagged our friend Kate and said, I need Kate Young to weigh in about what she thinks about Cubs or socks so quickly i i i sent this to aj while i was reading and right. i had a quick i had a quick mini rant right um nora during when booth is at uh north Carolina, at unc he's um having these you know talks with his friends and he you know they find out that he's from chicago and zed i think it was said, oh yes. i've got cousins in chicago and he said all right you cubs or socks fan and she spelled it she spelled socks, S-O-C-K-S. Mm. Nora is a motherfucking baseball fan, a really big one. For her to spell socks that way is unforgivable. Okay, so I'm going to, uh, in defense of Nora, I'm going to say very possible that it was um, um, autocorrect. Autocorrect. Could have been autocorrect. It also could have been the editor. Um, but. but well, yes, but also if you, if you try to like, um, spell check, that's not going to catch that because socks is a word. It's not going to catch that. So <laughs> the editor would have, would have had to have caught it, like had to have been as much of a baseball fan as Nora and known that you don't ever call the sock socks. Right. S-O-C-K-S but I also and not can S-O-X. see Nora being like watching that and because i do that when i'm writing 
if I if there's a word that I want to make sure is spelled right, because autocorrect re, autocorrects a bunch right. of shit, just weird. Yes. And especially a word that's a word, but you want to spell it a different way. And you're like, no, I want to spell it that way. And you have to keep going back and redoing it and redoing it. Yeah. And I can see her doing that with that word. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, just saying. I was a little pissed. <laughs> I'm like, no. Okay. You're a baseball fan. You do not spell that like that. Yeah. You just don't. Okay. Okay. Carry on. What you were, oh, I'm, you were. I'm still reading. <laughs> Hang on. All right. So, Carol, our friend Carol said, I haven't started it yet. I'm not sure about it based on the synopsis. And then she asked me, she said, You really er- lear- liked an earlier book, N- Big Nora. I love how she calls them those Big Noras about thieves, if I remember correctly. Hot Ice, I think. How do they right. compare? And I said, No, I did not like Hot Ice. That's one of the very few Noras I've never reread. Yeah. I said, I liked Honest Illusions and Homeport, both yeah. also about thieves. Right. And they compare pretty well. This one had a very 90s era Nora feel. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, and Tara France said, I really enjoyed it. I'm still a little on the fence on the actual storyline since I, I, I felt it had a lot in common with Honest Illusions. Yeah. Young men are thieves and find love. Both men leave their loves due to threats from big bad guy. Both men eventually find their loves again. Both couples work together to fight big bad guy and live happily ever after. I mean, right. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Lynn said, I haven't finished it yet, but I like it well enough. What really okay. bugs me is that they reference kayaking in the book and the cover shows a kayak, but the guy on the end papers is in a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to be picky. In defense okay. of Way the artist. <laughs> if in defense of the artist. I mean, also you know. wondered about the hero changing his name so often. Wouldn't mm. that mess with your internal identity? He seems pretty strong minded, yeah. so maybe not. And I haven't finished, so maybe it's addressed. I really like it when you throw in a Nora book, although I miss Tara. Aw. Well, we all miss Tara when she's not here. We all miss Tara, yes. Betty D says she loves it. Teresa said she loved it. Robin enjoyed it. And then Bethany said, when are you going to post the one with Susan Erickson? <laughs> so patience. Said, well, nope, we haven't recorded it yet. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. Jeannie said she liked it. Good. Uh, Michelle said that'd be awesome. So I'm assuming she's talking about the show. Yeah, I was talking about it. <laughs> Laura said, yes, there was a superficial honest illusions, a favorite of mine vibe with the thief and the girl and the bad guy who, who causes the separation of them and a wonderful New Orleans vibe, which is another thing that's true because that one was set in the South and around yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. Um, but that said, it's an awesome listen on audio. The male narrator is new to me, and he is absolutely excellent with mm-hmm. all the voices and accents. This is, this is to me, a top Nora listen. She just blows me away. Bravo, Nora. Yeah. Rosalia said, I bought it, listened to it, and enjoyed it. The story is somewhat familiar, but entertaining nonetheless. Love the colorful aunt and Sebastian. I would have loved to see another bad guy arrested the moment he realized he'd been played. <laughs> well, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... Yep, that's all I have. Okay. So do we want to move on to our mini We Review the Reviews? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go yeah, first? Yeah, go ahead. I got to get back to it here. Okay. <laughs> I was I was on Facebook. Right. Now I got to go back to Google Docs. Sorry. No, you're so, fine. 
many we review the reviews for this book. We start out with one star. First off, I only read the preview. Well, you know what? Fuck you. Don't you can't oh stop. Don't. Yeah, just okay. stop it. Um, I've read every novel Nora Roberts has written, but she's been getting steadily more woke, quote unquote. I wanted to vomit as she wrote about a 12 year old having an orgasm. There's this messed up agenda in our world to sexualize children. Oh and God. looks like Roberts is a participant. This is sick. My 12 year old nephew loves video games. Uh, you know, you want to know partially why he loves video games? They the um, boobs. have a bunch of, yeah, scantily clad women with big boobs. So, yeah. Um, and how does she know what her nephew is doing in his bedroom? Exactly. Um, he loves video games, Legos, and his pet turkey. <laughs> okay. Um, let children be weirdo. innocent. This oh book God. is a big hell to the no from me. Just read, on, just read Honest Illusions. Looks like it's trying to imitate that one anyways. Can I just say I had my first kiss at 11? My first real kiss. Yeah. I mean, like tongues and everything. And that was that was more than 30 years ago. So it's not about sexualizing children or being woke. This is not the the only review that said this. Um, But how is it about being woke? Well, and this whole this thing is fucking about culture. That's this what this is. messed up agenda in our world to sexualize oh, children. And sexualizing not, children nobody, except yeah. for freaks. Yeah. And that's not what she was doing. No, she was not sexualizing him. Like, like <sighs> let a kid be a kid. Well, you know what? The problem is he this was. kid was never going to be a kid. Right. Even if too. he hadn't seen the sex stuff, he's had to grow up early because of what's mm-hmm. been happening with his mother. You know? Yeah. I mean these people are all like everyone's trying to sexualize our children by this Nobody kind is of doing stuff that except for really sick people you have people talking about like oh you yeah. people you woke people want to sexualize children yeah have no problem with like oh your little five-year-old you know jeremy he's gonna be a little heartbreaker when he grows up isn't yeah. he you know that kind of yeah. thing and you don't think that's sexualizing children? Right. Yeah. Like if it's you just, don't think that's sexualizing children, then this isn't either. Right. It's the same thing. Like, you know, but the reality is, and after I saw this review, I was like, there's got to be a Reddit thread where somebody asks men, like, mm-hmm. when is the what age? Oh, yeah. yeah. And most men were like, I was like, 10 11 some of them said that they had their first orgasms at like five when wow. they were like playing yeah some of them were like men are different than women as you know no, i know that and, and <laughs> I, but you said all a lot of these guys were saying like yeah i was like playing on the floor and you know they're doing their cars and you're scooting along the floor and mm-hmm. realized that that felt good on my penis and so kept doing it and so a lot of them said that a lot of them said that, you know, at eight, nine, 10, you know, they yeah. had their first orgasms and it was all very innocent. Like I'm not at all. So, yeah. That does not surprise me. One, one single bit. Yeah. You know, you have this thing there and it's yeah. like, it's like swinging in between their legs. It, yeah. 
you know. I mean, my God, it's a, it's anatomy, people. It's just physiology and anatomy. It's nothing disgusting. It's just it's biology. It's normal, right? So, oh, and so he reacted. I, hate I think people. completely the way. And Nora had two boys. Nora knows what boys go right. through. Like she, right. So she she, she wrote boys. this guy as reacting to the situation like any boy of that age would react yeah. to it and stop trying to make it like, you know, she's yeah. sexualizing children. Like, well, this. you know, they all want to bitch about Nora being woke these days. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we see that in the in-death reviews all the time. So just shut the fuck up. <gasps> That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be Tara right now. I hate uh, you. Yes. Okay. So. I got to read this one. Sorry. I had to. Yep. No, that's fine. <laughs> Wet my glasses off. All right. So one star. I agree with the readers who say this is a rehash of other books. Spoilers. Found it very jarring that the usually very knowledgeable Nora had Silas traveling from New Orleans to Texas saying I'm going east. I didn't notice that. Yeah. I looked that up later and she's is correct. That true? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah okay then <laughs> yep good catch i wouldn't give her a one-star review over that no. that was probably just an accident yeah i'm sure she knows that it's west but yeah <laughs> um this is going to be a long long trip and you can't drive it this is on page 111 on my kindle wouldn't it be easier faster to just drive the eight hours by going west when was nora ever made a mistake this stupid and where was her editor i mean well, yeah come um, on yeah. But when has Nora made a mistake this year? Uh, oh, plenty of times. She does a lot, unfortunately. Yeah. As, not, as much many, as we many love times. Nora. Yeah. All she authors has. do. Yeah. It's yes. not uncommon for no. author, especially prolific authors like Nora to make right. mistakes like this. It's mm-hmm. not that uncommon. And I mean, come on. A one-star review because she said east instead of west. I mean, Jesus Christ. That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it is. I mean, not the dumbest thing I've ever seen because we've seen some pretty fucking dumb reviews. But Oh, I should have had you reading this next one. Do you want to read this next one? Oh, sure. Two stars. Way to glorify stealing. I love you, Nora, but this book just made me mad. After his mother died, Booth or Harry or whoever he really was... I mean, obviously his name was Harry because that's how he was introduced to us, but whatever. Had absolutely no reason to keep stealing. So he mostly stole from the rich. That makes it okay. Like rich people can't work hard for their trinkets or have family heirlooms or items (laughs) that just meant a lot to them for whatever reason. Sentimentality or just love, it's okay for someone else to take them. Not everything can be replaced, even if you have money. Felt absolutely no sympathy for him in his life choices as an adult. He didn't deserve Miranda and what is wrong with her turning a blind eye. And I know if I told my dad that my fiance had been up to most of his life, my dad sure wouldn't have been okay with it. He would have turned his lying thieving ass into, into the police. Guess I'll go back to buying used books instead of spending my hard earned money on new and not for nothing. I've lived in Illinois most of my life and I don't know anyone else, anyone who calls them socks. It's the white socks. with an <laughs> All right. That's the only part of this review I agree with. The rest of it, you sound like fucking Karen. Right. Bite me. Uh, you know, and the thing is, so it can't, you know, 
rich people work hard for their trinkets and have family heirlooms and blah, blah. Yes, absolutely. Nobody's saying it's a good thing. That wasn't the point. You missed the entire point. Yeah. And, and, you know, entire point, he doesn't have to steal after that. Well, no, he doesn't. But, you know, um, what's he going to do? Like, how is he going to pay for college? I mean, people nowadays like, well, I worked through, you know, college costs a lot nowadays. And and just FYI, I would, you know what, if she'd called Boston the Red Sox, I'd be just as pissed about that. So, (laughs) so. Yeah, anyway, I don't like the, the Red Sox. I don't like the White yeah. Sox either. I'm more of a Cubs fan, but anyway. But also, he didn't Sorry, just Kate. like he didn't just like <laughs> steal somebody, some rich person's family heirlooms. A lot of what he stole no. were things that had been stolen. Yeah. Oh and yeah. The person that had them the had the stolen goods. Yeah. Once at, he got going, like once he got a good fortune built up. That's basically what he says he was doing was stealing right. things back for people. Yeah. He, he does tell a story about how he met a woman, the woman that recommended him. So at the end where he's playing the designer, the interior designer. Yes. Yep. Um, he got that job because a woman that he did a job for previously recommended him to the woman <laughs> in the story that he's doing it for now. And the reason that woman, that first woman knew him was because she contracted with him to steal a painting back that was in her family. It was like a painting that her aunt did or her grandmother did of her mother or her her grandmother did of her grandmother. Her great grandmother did of her grandmother. Right. And this was a painting that had been stolen from them by the Nazis. And right. was in, was uh, was stolen by the person that had it currently, and she wanted it back. So it was her family heirloom that somebody else had stolen that she was asking him to steal back. And so, right. And her grandmother, who the portrait was of, had survived the Holocaust, and none of the rest of her family did, including the artist. Right. So yeah. So I'm glad um, he stole that back. Exactly. He's a he's thief with a heart of gold, and I'm not, you know. I mean, it's exactly yeah. what Rourke is, and I don't, I don't yep, I got care no about problem. that because you know and what? It's again, fiction. People, it's fucking fiction. Nobody's gonna go out <laughs> and become an international jewel thief just because a Nora wrote about it, right? Jesus it's fiction. Christ. Yeah. So, anyway, getting on with these uh, reviews. Yes. I will read this next one. Yeah, you're on. You're up. Okay. Three stars. Enough with the babies and pregnancies. Why do her books always have to have numerous pregnant people and babies? I liked this book until, wait for it, the main characters got married and immediately preggers. Fun heist book. Reminds me of the old Nora Roberts. Good history and interesting characters. Like... That was in the epilogue. It's not like it was a big part of the story. No. Yeah. It was like one line that she's pregnant and he was trying to get her to eat. The majority of people that get married have children after. I mean, yeah, especially because they were like early 30s, right? At that point. Yes. So, yeah. They're in their 30s now. In in your 30s, you're going to, if you want kids, you're going to start a family right away. Yeah. You have to get it together and have children. Get it together and have children. 
in your 30s. <laughs> Not in this economy. Well, but they have a ton of money because he stole money. Um, well, and, no, wasn't uh, it you that sent me that TikTok video? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where's my children? Not in this economy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, that was good. That was so good. So, anyway, so yeah. Um, Can I go back to my 20s? You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> All so, right. Three stars. I enjoyed night work well enough, even though Booth is, as others ha- as, as others have noted, just a hair too good at, at any and everything, which so is work. So yeah, we don't care. We don't care. It's fiction. That's one detail that got me every time it was mentioned. That extraordinary diamond that is supposed to be so huge, the size of a large fist, is supposed to weigh something like 19 carats. A 19 carat rock diamond, more or less round, would be less than one inch across. Well, yeah, but it was rough. It wasn't even cut yet. Right. Dumbass. Read the book. The diamond in the scepter of the British crown jewels is something like 500 carats and isn't isn't really the size of a man's fist. I read this in three minutes online. Research is important. <sighs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Read the book. Right. See, she explained that. Right. Dumbass. Four stars. Did Nora Roberts already write a book about a woman named Miranda whose romantic interest is a professional thief? Yes. Homeport, 1999. Did she also write, also already write a book about a comically intelligent child who outruns a crime boss? Also, yes. The Witness, 2012, albeit a teen girl at that time. Did she additionally already write a story involving a group of professional thieves operating out of New Orleans? Again. Yes, Honest Illusions, 1992. <laughs> Did I still enjoy this book? Once more, a feeling. Yes. I mean, fair enough. So it's about the story. It's not about like. It's, it's not about, oh, like you said, this it's is like the, this other thing. And this is like this other thing. Like, just can you just enjoy the story? Let's enjoy the story. Stop comparing it. Yeah. I mean, I compared it, but in a good way. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. It felt like comfort food to me. Like, I'm like, yeah. yes, this is like old school Nora and I yes. love it. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I mean, yeah, I, I didn't even connect that, though, and I loved Homeport, and I completely forgot that the that the, main, the heroine's name is Miranda. That's, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are we ready for our last one? Last review. Five stars. Once again, Roberts has woven a story I couldn't put down. Wonderful characters that I felt were my friends, too. Who'd have believed you would empathize with a thief? Uh, we do. Yeah. Hated for it to end. Thanks for two grades of two days of great reading. Well, yeah, I mean, we empathize with a thief every time we read an in death book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe she should read the in death book. Maybe you should try the in death series. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, yeah. So you know, um, I don't know what more we could say about this, but I, I, I loved it. Loved it. Fantastic. Same as that last person couldn't put it down. Couldn't put it down. Uh, yeah, Highly recommended. Was, yes. Yep. If you haven't read it yet. Five stars. Yeah. I should go on five my stars. Goodreads and give it a five star rating. Yeah. Yep. I, I definitely think it deserves five stars. I Absolutely. love it. Yeah. Yep. It was so good. And I haven't been on Goodreads and I don't even know how long. So I'll let you do that. But <laughs> <laughs> I just, it was so good. Yeah. It, um, really good. I just, I can't say anything bad about it really. I mean, yeah. there's a few things that were like socks versus socks, but 
And apparently minor. East versus West, but East versus I'm not West. mad about that because, like I said, that's just, I mean, come it on. happens. It, I mean, yeah. And it's just, she made it out to be such a, like, you're like, oh Big my thing. God, how dare she? Like, ah, yeah. oh. like, no, who that would was make probably, that mistake? Who would make that mistake? That's the dumbest mistake anybody could make. And she's <laughs> never made a mistake like that before. And I'm like, but has she? Because I didn't even notice it. Happens. I blew right by it. You I'm sure many, it's true. You know how many I didn't fucking even books Nora's written? Like, she occasionally makes mistakes. It she does. Exactly. So. It happens. And again, that's that's an easy one to make. I'm not saying it's easy to mix up going east and going west. It's just when you're writing, it's easy right. to say. But east we, you know what? West. I mean, but yeah, but unless you're, I didn't notice it. I it didn't. So. Yeah, I didn't even notice. So. You know, it's fine. It's fine. We didn't Unless notice, you're a Nora, so it's fine. Bitch. It's fine. <laughs> don't be a nitpicky bitch. Yeah, don't be a nitpicky bitch. That's our new. That's our new T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> don't be a nitpicky bitch. Don't be a nitpicky bitch. <laughs> that's the. That is the name. That of is the, the title. There don't we go. Don't be a nitpicky bitch. Don't be a nitpicky bitch. So. <laughs> um. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, that that's, uh, I don't know what more to say. I don't either. That was good. I don't. This was a fun episode, even without yeah. Tara. I'm sorry, Tara. But <laughs> we had a lot of fun Very tonight. Nice. Um, I'm not going to do a formal podcast business because we don't really have Yeah, we really much. don't have any, do we? Um, no. That I know and, of. And I have to get going anyway because I haven't oh, made dinner okay. yet for my mom. Yeah. So um, Nope, that's fine. Oh, so just, just so that we know what's coming up. Okay. Yes. Um, this episode's going to release on the 11th. Next are, is our We Review the Reviews of Haunted. Yes. Which is going to release on the 18th. Yes. For us, the 18th is a big day because the 18th is when we're going to celebrate our second year anniversary. Mm-hmm. And we are going to have as a guest on this show, Susan Erickson. Susan Erickson. Again. Um, and we're Our, so excited. It's also Paul McCartney's birthday, so I've written here. Yes. That's for yeah. Tara. I know, for Tara. Um, I'm, I'll just say, if you're a patron, there's going to be an announcement for you coming up. Yep. So keep an eye on your Patreon. If yep. we haven't already announced it. By the time I don't this, think we have. We've probably already announced it by the time this episode comes out. So. Oh, probably, yeah. Um, but yep. uh, yeah, so there's going to be a, a way that you can participate in that two-year anniversary if you're a patron. Yes. Um, after that, I'm I'm not sure, but uh, that's what's coming. Oh, up. We'll figure something out. We always do. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, you if you want to get a hold of us, you can do that on any yep. of our social medias. You know Just how. look, you know, search for podcast and death on any of the major platforms. Yep. Um, join our Facebook group if you haven't already. Yeah. Yep. Uh, if you don't want to join Facebook, uh, you can go to Discord. We'll send yep. you. Uh, Send you the link. Send you the link. You can uh, send us an email at show at podcastanddeath.com and ask for the link. We'll send it to you to the Discord. Yes. Um, yes and we've a- actually had a very fun little group in there. So. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, so join in there. It's a lot of fun, guys. Yeah. And um, you can also <laughs> visit our website, www.podcastanddeath.com. We have a link to our merch store on that mm-hmm. website yeah. we have a lot of fun merch so buy some of our merch and um what else call the number 
Call if you'd the number. Like, call the number. Number is 205-476-2753, and that spells out 2054-Rourke. And um, I think that's it. I think so. Do you so. have anything else? I've got nothing. Okay, I guess that's it for this episode of Podcast and Death. So for Podcast and Death, this is AJ. This is Jen. And Tara, wherever you are, we miss you. And we miss you. Uh, hope to see you on our next episode. But until oh, then, I'm for sure. <laughs> what? I said, I'm sure she'll be here. <laughs> sure, she'll be here. Um, so yeah, we already said for podcast and death, this is AJ and Jen. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, we'll see you next time, guys. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast In-Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205 476 2753. That spells out 2054-Rourke. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slouch at you.